This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And we're back. One more segment here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He is Steve Geller. Thanks again to Bo Morgan, executive producer of Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. And, you know, this is just going to be one of those games. It's going to be one of those games. Throw out the records when these two teams meet up. You don't actually have to because the records are, are, are <laughs> relevant. But, you know, either way, this would be a game. Thankfully, it's a game that we're going to watch closely. And it's, it's also a game that, you know, there's going to be questions in terms of how the Saints operate and you know if you talk to Bobby there's only one stat that matters and it is the Taysom Hill stat dun, dun, and, dun. you know he talked to we talked to Mark Schlereth on the show last week and uh, he kind of got into the into the Taysom Hill of it all and so let's let's listen to what he had to say there I mean, yeah. all, all I know is until that's broken uh, Taysom Hill is running the ball at least seven times a game <laughs> I would uh, 100% agree with you you know and, and we talked about we just talked about how you defend this guy. And, you know, ultimately, um, you know, they got him the ball in the passing game, uh, one of the first throws of the game, and he just absolutely ran somebody over on the sideline. He is an absolute beast. And I'm with you not only the run game, but you know, you've got to treat that formation when he's in there kind of like a wildcat type of formation, right? right. And so you, you have to commit guys to the box. And – you know, it gives you so much of an opportunity to throw the ball over people's heads. And that guy, can, he can throw it. I mean, he's not the most skilled guy, but right. he can throw it. And, and I just don't – I don't – I didn't understand it while I was doing the game. I was like, like, what are you doing with this guy? Like, seven, I'd, I'd have to get seven in there. I'd have to get the ball to 41 as much as I can. Like, it just – it, it well, felt out of rhythm for the entirety – of the first half, and then, you know, and then obviously Carr gets knocked out, and the rest is history. Yeah, but, but you know what, Sting, when I look at it, though, you know, because, oh, well, we fell far behind, and then you got to play catch-up. You know, we're losing 24-3, to but then we got within one score, and now Jameis is in the game, but you have the mm-hmm. ball uh, two, three times at midfield, still enough time. Why didn't Taysom Hill run then? 
I mean, yeah. it's not like you're playing I, catch-up I, anymore. Come on. Right. I can't, I can't tell you. The other thing I hate about offenses, and I hated this when I was playing, just because we got get, we got down, you know, you get down by, uh, you know, seven points or ten points, whatever. And offensive coordinators just, it's like they can't wait to stop running the ball. They can't <laughs> wait to get away from the game plan, right? Right, so I'm like, panicking. <laughs> right. And I'm like, you know, one touchdown gets us, if we're down ten, one touchdown gets us into a, a field goal game. You realize that, right? It's not like we're down by 30. <laughs> And I, I just has never understood the mentality. It's almost this excuse. Like, I always say this about, about I had this, um, I was consulting for this NFL team, and they, they wanted to run the wide zone, right? So they brought me in to right. talk about running wide zone stuff. And, um, and so it was like, hey, man, it's great that you're here. You know, I'm sitting down with the offensive staff and go, and the play caller, who happened to be the head coach at the time, and he goes, hey, I really, you know, brought you in, really want to run the ball. And I said, do you? And he goes, yeah, that's why we brought you in. You know, we really want to run the ball. And, da, 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 da. and he goes, yeah, that's why you're here. I want to run the ball. I go, but do you really? And he goes, yes. And I go, listen, let me tell you what I hate about you. And he goes, oh, great. Here we go. And I said, you'll run the ball three times in a row for two yards of carry. You'll throw your hands up in the air and go, we can't run it. But I go, you'll, you'll throw seven straight incompletions and act like that's no big deal. I go, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. If you want to run the ball – you have to have commitment runs. And commitment runs to me are, hey, we just got two yards or we got three yards, but it was a nasty two. It was a nasty three. And if you run the ball with commitment runs, if you run the ball with attempts like that with Taysom or with uh, Kamara, you, you run the ball that way, guess what? Those attempts become big play opportunities in the passing game. So it, one leads to the other. Yep. And, and, and to not do that doesn't – like it, that stuff doesn't make sense to me. Commitment runs, commitment runs, being committed to the run game. You know, it's like you got to do that. Yeah, and, and you know, I agree with a lot. And a lot of what Mark is talking about there is stuff we talked about after the game, and it's the the idea that you're behind by multiple scores, and that's why you don't run Taysom Hill. That can't be the answer. That that can't you can't treat Taysom Hill <laughs> as a situational part of your offense. It's part of your offense. And, you know, it, it kind of it, it, it hits multiple facets here. One of be, one being, OK, you got to get Taysom Hill involved in however you however you can, first of all. Second of all, you you need to get him involved in in ways that is more than just, OK, we're going to run QB power seven times a game and move on. One thing that's one thing that's strange to me is when Drew Brees was here, a lot of the Taysom Hill action was. You run both of them out there, and Drew goes off to the side, and you run Taysom Hill against whatever personnel they threw out there. And I think it gives you opportunities to say, okay, they have a light personnel grouping. Yeah, we're gonna run, we're gonna run QB power here, even though you don't get that extra blocker. You're running it against the front that is not designed to stop it. You haven't seen that this year. They did it once, I think, against the Panthers. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I've watched all these games. I cannot recall it happening again. And to me, that's just a, that's just emblematic of the kind of rigid play calling and just kind of non... I don't want to say creative because I think creative is overused in terms of like, you don't need to be creative. Fooling a defense isn't really the goal. The goal is to beat the defense. Sure, it'd be great if you fooled them, but you're not going to fool them every time. So if you rely on confusing the defense, you're not a good offense. 
you have to be able to beat them even when they know what you're trying to do. Um, but it's just like there's 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 not a lot of read and react situations going on with this offense. It's all call the play, run the play, let's try it again. And and Mark talked about that. It's like you're calling plays and not calling an offense. And and that, I think that's just that's just part of that. It's like you're not looking at what the defense is doing and adjusting to it. You're running your offense no matter what they do. And so, yeah, I think I think you got to get Taysom Hill involved. We're going to talk about X-Factors here. I think I'm kind of projecting who my offensive X-Factor is going to be, and we can get more into it. But, like, if you want this offense to run that in, in the way that you do, which is, you know, be aggressive, control the line of scrimmage, right? Impose your will. You have to use Taysom Hill, and you cannot use a 10-point deficit, or in this case, an 8-point deficit, as an excuse for why you're not doing it. No, it just seemed, you know, it's one of those big head-scratching moments again in the game. Uh, during it, you're wondering, where is Taysom? Why isn't he being used? Uh, you, you had, you know, a guy like Michael Thomas go out in the game. You figured you want to bring a little more physicality uh, into the offense. And, and, you know, Taysom does that all the time. And like you said, he's not just a situational kind of usage player you he is part of this offense you could argue even he is this offense uh to a certain degree I, I just know when he's in the game there's that added excitement of what what is he gonna do number one and then two when he does get the ball um you know he's giving hit his every inch his every worth and that makes it exciting because you know he's fighting for that inch T- Taysom's just like I said, I go back to it all the time with Alvin Kamara calling him a bully. It was the perfect, uh, you know, and simple description for the way he runs kind of deal. Yeah, and you're and you're forcing them to work, right? Like, you're, like I think what Mark said there is actually is very is very is very true in that you know offensive coordinators. It seems like they just want to stop running, like they want to throw the ball and they look for excuses. But like you know, if if you're running the ball and you're forcing them to defend and you're making life difficult on the defense, right? You're making them come up and make a tackle. Well, it's like they would much rather have to defend seven incomplete passes than, than seven two-yard runs, right? Like there's, there's the whole body blows kind of thing. Right. And it's, and it's true, right? Like what are you getting out of those passing attempts if you are not kind of setting the tone? One other thing that I decided to look up this week because I, I knew it was what it was and it's kind of funny to see all laid out. Taysom Hill in 12 career games against the Falcons. Three of them have been starts. He is 3-0 as a starting quarterback against the Falcons. Two of them came in the 2020 season when Drew was out with the rib injuries. Another one came in week 18 of the 2021 season. He actually only got through the first half of that game. Trevor Simeon came on in relief and won. But uh, but Taysom still gets the credit for the win as the starting quarterback. And he played well in the game. He had them ahead. He threw a touchdown pass. Um, So if you look at that, in Saints history, the only players with more wins as a starting quarterback against the Falcons are Drew Brees, Archie Manning, and Bobby Hebert. Taysom is tied with Archie Manning for for the fourth most wins in Saints history as a starting quarterback against the Falcons, which is just kind of funny uh, because it's like they can't stop him. No matter what he does, no matter where he lines up, they can't stop him because you look at this. So he's had 50 career rushing attempts against the Falcons, 361 yards, that's 7.2 yards per carry, four touchdowns, passing, 57 of 75, 702 yards. That's about a 76% completion percentage. 
Uh, four <laughs> touchdowns. He has lost two fumbles, which, you know, it's, it's hard to quantify in terms of, okay, when he was a starter, was it a run or a pass, right? Um, but, you know, either way, I think those two came during the 2020 season when he was starting. So you you count those against him. So he has lost two fumbles, but I think 57 for 75 for 702 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns uh, is what you would hope for from a Taysom Hill passing offense. It's a lot more than you would hope for. Uh, he hasn't really had a lot of chances as a pass catcher, and in part because he, three of the games, which you know earlier in his career he didn't get as much usage than he has the last three, four seasons, but three of those games he was a starting quarterback, so he's not catching passes as a starting quarterback. But even so, four catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. He has four kick returns for 96 yards, which isn't great. You want to average around 25 yards, considering if you didn't return him at all, you would get him at the 25. But still, you're talking about 24 yards per return, which is pretty good. He has a special teams tackle. He has a blocked punt. And he has one turkey leg that he was able to get uh, on Thanksgiving. And, you know, (laughs) you're talking about a guy who has nine career touchdowns against the team this is not a starting quarterback in 12 games right that's <laughs> that's a lot and so you know I, I had someone i tweeted these stats and someone was like yeah but he's never faced a ryan nielsen defense in a game before and it's like yeah ryan oh, nielsen has on. never faced ryan nielsen has never faced a Taysom hill in a game before that doesn't mean that they they'll <laughs> one or the other will have success so, so you know it and and to be fair ryan does have an idea of of how you know how he's gonna approach Taysom hill he's had to do it in practice in training camp Although I will say in training camp, you're not tackling. So you're not really running like that's that's one of the funny things about the Taysom Hill offense is you you don't really practice it because you're not. It's the same way you don't practice running plays in the sense of like you're not really tackling. So you you as a defense, you don't have a sense of how difficult it is to really tackle that guy because you're not doing it in practice. Even in fully padded practices, you're not really hitting. Um, but you know, you look at that and you say, if this game, this game. If you do not make a concerted effort, I don't care what the score is, <laughs> to get Taysom Hill involved as much as possible. I don't know. Like I, I, I am always of the on, of the belief that like firing coaches <laughs> midseason is not the answer unless you are desperate. Like the, the Steelers fired Matt Canada. I was going to say Matt the Canada, Steelers disagree. <laughs> I, I mean, but like Matt Canada has failed forward more than any coach in like the history of Absolutely. modern football. <laughs> He should not have had a job, period. I don't know why he ever had that job. At least I can understand why Pete has the job he has. Uh, Matt is just terrible. He's a good example of overcomplicated is not always better, right? People talk about, oh, they don't confuse anyone. All Matt does is try to confuse people, but he confuses his own offense and they suck. Anyway, you, when's the last time you saw a six and four team fire its offensive coordinator? Right. Um, and, but like, if you, if you go into this game knowing how how much trouble this Falcons team has had stopping Taysom Hill historically, and you don't get him the ball. He gets one carry and you say, well, well, yo, it didn't work. No, I'm sorry. Like that. I will, I will completely change my tune. I think Pete understands this (laughs) personally. I think he does understand this and he will get Taysom involved maybe to a fault, but he's my offensive X factor and I expect him to have a big game. And I hope that Pete expects him to have a big game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. No, I, I totally get it. And, you know, last game with the, the Vikings, it almost got to that point where um, I've tried not to be negative on the coaching staff, but the, the way that shook out really bothered me just from the second half of that game when you you fight and claw to, to get back into it and just kind of wasted it away when there was no need. You had plenty of time. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was like one of those head... You, you did all this to end up doing that in the end was very frustrating. The lack of Taysom, yeah, it can't carry over into this week. Like you mentioned, he, he's a Falcon killer. Well, we'll just say it is that way. Um, has owned this team, and they need to continue to ride him, uh, obviously, to, to get back into those winning ways after the bye week. We saw week one, uh, I think you mentioned it last podcast, la- uh, week one of last year, he was that spark for this team when they needed something. Yeah, and I mean, he only had three carries in that game, but he had 80 rushing yards, right? <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's funny because everyone talks about him running the ball. I want to see him, I like, he can throw the ball too. <laughs> and that's that. That's when you get into those situations where it's like, you don't have to right, what's always project that it's Taysom. You don't have to have QB power as your only option when you go on the field. You can see what their defensive personnel is. And if they come out in a heavy in a heavy set with Derek Carr out there, you can still split Derek Carr out. You don't have to throw him the ball, but you can throw the ball out of that personnel, right? Like, that's the thing. It's like you, when, you, you know, when, when the Saints have thrown the ball this year with Taysom, it's been like these low-yield, like quick-out plays, which is like, why are we doing that? If we're going to have our non-starting quarterback throw the ball, I want it to be a chunk play. And if it's not, don't throw it. Like the, against the Colts, it's probably the only example I can think of where he came in and, and threw it downfield. And it's like, if you're going to throw with Taysom Hill, that's what I want to see. And we just haven't seen that at all either way. Anyway. We'll, we'll 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 find out. We'll talk more about this on Monday, based on what happens. Yeah. Um. But all right, let's. Uh. We we got, got Taysom Hill, obviously, and I stole him as the X factor for offense. Who's your offensive X factor? Man, I'm coming out the bye week, and I want to see Derek Carr looking all brand new and shiny. No excuses. I know he's coming off of you know the concussion protocol and all, but man, he he's got to look like the dude coming right out the gate for this team. It's a, a statement game, if you want to call it, against a division rival. And what you do against the Falcons just gets magnified to the you know 10th degree, I'll say, or whatever. So I want a huge outing from Carr will be a good sign for the offense you know, going forward for the rest of the way too. Just, like I said, coming out, making a statement game. Uh, l- no turnovers kind of thing. Uh, being decisive with your throws, not holding on to the ball. And just, man, oh, man, getting those p- touchdowns in the red zone. Hoping too to get the tight end involved. Maybe, maybe this will be the Jawan Johnson game. But yeah, I want, I need DC to look like that dude for the black and gold. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about with Bo, like the Falcons have not been able to cover tight ends all year long. Yeah, you go go look at what Trey McBride did in Week Ten. It was remarkable. Uh, I think he had like eight catches on nine targets for 130 something yards. He's the reason they lost because he had he caught a bomb on the final drive, setting up the game. Go ahead, field goal. Anyway. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think Jawan and Derek, you got to find a way to connect. However, that looks, you got to find a way on the defensive side. So I'm going to go first here just to keep it keep it in rhythm. My X factor is whoever ends up replacing Marshawn Lattimore on the outside, right? Like it's you can make an argument that it should be Ike, and you keep Elante in the slot. I would say that based on you know you're expecting to be without Marshawn for a few weeks. 
I want Alante on the outside, and I want whoever you feel most comfortable with stepping up into that slot corner role. And and if it doesn't work, then maybe you adjust mid game and you and you and you change some some things. But I want to see Alante Taylor step up, and if it's not him, then I want to see Ike Adams step up because whoever it is, you're going to get targeted. They're going to come after you. No, exactly. And you know what? I'm actually going to go the flip side. I'm going to go now Paulson Adebo, who becomes uh, you know corner number one, and let's see if he can you know, live up to that billing. He's been great all season. And I just see this as an opportunity for obviously him to show he can be that main dude, even though obviously I know being number two alongside Marshawn, you're still getting targeted a ton and might even get looked at less now. But I just want to see Paulson continue to thrive for this Saints defense. And even so more now, maybe with like a lot of more down, it's going to be even more vital for him to be in that top form. Yeah, and I think, you know, Scott Shanley talked about this earlier in the week is like, I think you are going to see the Saints kind of dial up more pressure knowing that you don't have Marshawn back there. And so, you know, that, that there's two things happen there. One, you you expect to get more pressure early, but you also leave guys on an island. And so you have to be able to hold up like you don't you know, the idea is you're not going to be covering forever, but you can't get beat immediately. Like That's the trade off is is you are sending extra guys to get pressure. And in doing that, you 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 limit the amount that your corners have to cover, but you have to get that initial jam. You have to you have to pin a guy to the sideline so they can't so the quarterback can't just bail out and, and throw to a wide open receiver, right? You have to make it a difficult throw. You have to make them second guess what they're doing. And so that's what you know it, when you're when you're blitzing, you're usually jamming, right? You're not you're not giving them that easy outlet. And so that's going to be the question: is can you can you marry those things? And this team has not sent a ton of pressure. They have forced turnovers. But I think, you know, based on what we've seen and, and the results over the last five weeks, you've got to do something to disrupt the quarterback's rhythm. I think Desmond Ritter is just not a good quarterback. And <laughs> you're going to make life difficult on him. I watched that final drive where he led a touchdown uh, drive to go ahead against the Cardinals. You know, I watched that whole game. Uh, he, he didn't play well. Like he led, he led a touchdown drive that was aided by one of the weakest pass interference calls I've ever seen. They ran the rest of the way. He missed a wide open Bijan Robinson to throw into double coverage, and and got lucky that he got bailed out that it wasn't an interception. So make life di- make life difficult on Desmond Ritter. Force him to have to beat you with his legs. Right? And is this going to be you think the worst QB the Saints have faced so far? Or is that Badgett still? Uh, I mean, worst is a is a relative term. Right. I no. hear you. I, I haven't. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe he, maybe he steps up and plays better. But in terms of overall, like if you were looking at Madden ratings, yeah, I guess uh, he's got I mean, more Bajan experience. Bajan, I mean, the Bears turned it over five times in that game. So yeah, Bajan played well for what you'd expect, but I, he played well for a guy who shouldn't be starting in the NFL. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of where you're at. But you know, Desmond Ritter should be a guy that this team could take advantage of. Um, and you should be able to confuse them. You should be able to put them under pressure. And, you know, I don't know if they'll hold them to under 100 yards passing like they did last year, but you should still feel, feel good about it. But all right, let's wrap that up. Let's wrap up this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, and I hope the Saints give you something to be happy about on Sunday because this is a huge game. Like, you got to go win this game because if you win it, you're 6-5, and five, you're in control of the NFC South, everything feels good, you got momentum, you lose it, trouble it's trouble i I hate the term but i do have it as a must win for this game yeah i mean mathematically it's not a must win (laughs) you know but it'll it could end up being mathematically down the line not right now immediately but yeah definitely psychology that's you know psychologically 
Yes, I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. But all right, thanks everyone for listening. It's inside black and gold. Be easy, y'all. Good at. <laughs>